Greetings, peasants. Welcome back to the Knights of Nerds podcast. This is Tim speaking. I'm the Dungeon Master. Wait, no, I'm a player this time. Tom's the Dungeon Master. Uh, but still want to say thank you very much for listening to this. Today is episode one in a new campaign. Yes, a new campaign that is running concurrently with the other campaign that I'm DMing. Uh, Tom has taken on the mantle of Dungeon Master, and I think you'll agree with me that he is doing a fantastic job. And this is his first time DMing on a podcast, no less. Anyways, um, it's a lot of fun to have the original gang back together. And what we're doing is some highlights from Tales from the Yawning Portal. I am not, nor are any of the other players familiar with anything contained within that uh, module, and we don't know how much Tom has um, changed things, uh, woven in his own ingenuity into the story. So, I mean, this is episode one. We've recorded, I think, as of the time that this will come out, we've recorded four sessions. Um, so I'm really eager to see how things unfold, and I think you'll agree that our uh, maturity level has, if anything, gone down. So we are Still making dumb jokes, even more dumb jokes uh, than than usual. But uh, I really hope you enjoy the characters. And, you know, it's a, it's a change-up for me, normally being the dungeon master, trying to role-play an actual character and not, like, just trying to win the situation, if that makes sense. Uh, I think Candace is, is maybe the... <sighs> Candace and Matt are both, like, very good role-players. Like playing their actual characters, even if it means not doing the optimal thing, uh, which, um, you know, we'll see if I get the hang of it. I doubt that I will, but we'll see. Uh, something else that's very exciting, and I'm not just saying this to entice you or as like clickbait, as it were. Uh, Tom and I recently sat down and we did a Creating Villains episode where we talked about paladins, and we came up with uh, something very relentless and vicious and quite nasty and you know i think it would be the next villain that i want to run to, to be totally honest uh we we recorded that for our patreon uh for our nemesis level members and so and so hopefully those patrons enjoy that uh if you're interested in checking it out there's of course a link in the uh, in the show notes i don't want to harp on too much about it but i just and I'm genuinely excited about how that turned out. And so uh, if you're interested, you can follow the link and uh, see for yourself. And of course, to our patrons, enormously grateful. Uh, and we're we're hoping that you're enjoying the bonus episodes as they come out. Of course, this is the first full month where we've actually done them. So it's a learning experience all around. I don't think you have too much else to say other than if you want to get in touch, you can find us on social media or in our Discord. Uh, of course, follow the links in the show notes to any of those that you would like. Uh, if you're enjoying these episodes, you can leave us a rating or review wherever you'd like, or you can tell a friend. That would also be supremely helpful as well. So let's let's join our new party of level one. They're not really heroes yet. They're just level one, level one wannabe adventurers. I can't even really introduce them the way I normally do because I'd be referring to myself as the third, per like in the third person, which is uh, very cringeworthy. So let's just say let's let's join our new band of adventurers, and we'll turn things over into Tom's capable hands. 
Oh, God. I don't know how to start these things. What do they say? Something about peasants? <laughs> <laughs> Please just keep that as your intro. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just me, man. Something about peasants? You can, you can call our listeners whatever you want. <laughs> uh, I don't even know about the listeners, but it's very good to, he- to hear from you guys again. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, bitches. <sighs> okay, um, where to start? Oh, yeah, that's the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have rights to that music. That's <laughs> our quality is also better than them, I think. Our, our, First time our finale on... was way better. Oh, don't even don't oh, get yeah. started. The writing, the writing team was, was out of this world for us. We'll introduce your characters later. Why don't I tell you about the world first? So this campaign will be taking place in Faerun, which is part of the whole D&D world and lore. Um, So if you know a bit about that, then it may be uh, helpful, but I'll also change things willy-nilly whenever I feel like. The story begins in Waterdeep. Um, The capital city of Waterdeep stretches across the land bordering the Sea of Swords. The steep white cliffs of the Sword Coast give way to the largest harbor in the north of Faerun. Called the Crown of the North, Waterdeep is a trading hub for the mineral-rich lands to the north, the merchant kingdoms to the south, and the sea kingdoms and traders from the west. City districts divide up the massive populace, from the bustling dock ward filled with shipyards and warehouses, to the awe-inspiring palaces seen reaching to the sky behind the large interior walls of the city district. Though many are rich in gold and resources, the City of Splendor is also known to attract many to its advanced guilds, specializing in arcane knowledge, martial skills, connections with the gods, and all that is magical and wondrous. This makes it a common place for powerful individuals to visit. However, adventuring is a restricted profession in these lands. Guilds control the licensing and training of adventurers and provide their seal of approval to members who wish to explore ancient ruins, magic burial grounds, or any number of fantastic and potentially dangerous places of intrigue. This means that guild seals are a valued commodity, and the established guilds of the city often have strict rules to maintain their position of power within the city structure. Though still prosperous... The city of Waterdeep has had hard times over the past few years. Winters have been harsh, restricting access to the surrounding lands and making it difficult to respond to threats and danger in the countryside. Currently, disease has been increasing around the city. The graveyard has been full since last year, and temples work full-time to help keep the population healthy. Recent rumors report a noble has become severely ill, and this seems supported by the closed gates and increased guards surrounding the city ward. Um, I put out a little map, which I will send on to Discord as well. That shows the basic districts of Waterdeep. So you have all previously received an introductory mission from the Guild of Ion's Knowledge. Letters were sent and this mission accepted under rush conditions. But the four unregistered adventurers, this is an opportunity that can't be missed. It seems the rumors are confirmed true, and Prince Horngard has been gravely ill for the last few months. 
Many have tried to heal him, but currently to no avail. You have been tasked with seeking a magical apple in order to save his life. Your employer acquired information of a magical tree that produces apples with incredible effects on the summer and winter solstice every year. The small town of Oakhurst has been known to buy these apples from creatures living in an ancient castle now sunken below the earth. With summer solstice approaching and the prince's health deteriorating, you have been asked to meet a member of Ion's knowledge who will transport you to Oakhurst, from which you will then locate and return the healing apple. For this job, you will be paid gold upon the return of the apple and also provide provided with a gilded seal allowing you to keep any plunder or treasure found on your adventure as well as the opportunity to become fully licensed guild adventurers upon success. Currently, it is the early hours of another warm summer day on the dirt-packed streets of the Field Ward. Laying outside the city proper, the Field Ward possesses the most destitute of citizens. Noisy crowds kick up dust, a foul smell hangs sharp in the air, and yet a small area by the northern gate is kept clear likely due to the many frightening guards standing by the wagons and merchant carts preparing for their journeys up the coastal road. This is where you've been asked to meet Groggery to begin your adventure. So at this point, you can introduce your characters, and you will all be arriving into the dusty, smelly uh, grounds of the field ward. So we don't know each other, though. You don't know each other. You've always been hired by this job independently. Okay. So, why don't we start with um, Hugo? Do you want us to introduce it as we would be introducing our character? As I was about to ask that, like, are we? Is this me introducing myself to the listeners, or is this Hugo introducing himself to the to the these three weirdos? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> I guess you can introduce yourself as a player, and then and then say briefly just who your character is. Okay, uh, I'm Tim. I'm an Aries. Formerly DM, now I've uh, sunken into the rank of player, and Tom has ascended uh, into the role of DM. I'm not not bitter at all. Demoted. I've been promoted down downwise. Um, now I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing a human named Hugo Fitzmonster of the Waterdeep Fitzmonsters. My parents are uh, very well-to-do, accomplished wizards, and I am also a. Spellcaster, just don't ask too much about it, okay? (laughs) (laughs) All right, thank you, Tim. Um, All right, let's do uh, Candice. All right, Uh, I'm Candice, I'm a Leo. (laughs) Is that what what we're we're doing doing now? Okay. (laughs) This is what we're doing? Tim's leading the way here. Uh, uh, So, yeah, I'm Candice. You know who I am. I played Faye. You all love me. Now I'm going to be Thorin Stormmounter, the best last name that ever existed and created by our current DM, Tom. Why? <laughs> Mounter, I hardly know her. Oh, wait, that's oh. actually... <laughs> exactly! Thank you! Thank you! No, the whole joke, and you can cut this out, the whole joke was he made it, and he's like, yeah, but don't use that. And I was like, no, I'm using it because it has such an innuendo to it, and I'm going to constantly be defending it, or we're going to make jokes about it. I think it's great. <laughs> Yeah, so Thornstorm Mounter, and uh, I'm a rogue, and I have a past, but I'm here now. (laughs) (laughs) 
Perfect. All right. Uh, Matt, you want to go next? Sure. I'm Matt. I'm a Libra. Okay, so my character's name is uh, Kasten Reeve. Uh, I am a Firbolg druid. And um, I am not from Waterdeep. I am from one of the forests sort of surrounding uh, Waterdeep in, in the Faerun. And um, a personal kind of mission led me to Waterdeep, where I guess I was then hired slash kind of conscripted for this mission. And that's me. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, we've got Katie. Hello, I'm Katie. I'm a Virgo. Um, I will be playing Hella Yakbreaker, a mountain dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> Have no backstory, because I haven't thought of it, but I am a, a researcher and very logical, and I am very awkward in social situations, so fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> Classic nice. Katie. And a fighter, yes. <laughs> oh, that's an, good. An awkward fighter. Yep. <laughs> so, yes, your first instance of coming into this game is the the dusty streets of the field ward. Um, so, from your notices, you've been told to look out for Groggery. He is a half-orc. Um, you've been told he has reddish skin, and you're looking for him to transport you to Oakhurst, will you be starting your adventure? Groggery? Yeah, his name's Groggery. Okay, Grog. We're, we're sure it's not Gregory. <laughs> no, it's Groggery. It's a family name. Oh, God. So, yes, it's dusty and dirty. There's lots of civilians bustling around, but there is a very clear center by the northern gate with a few wagons. This will likely be where you will find Groggery. Are we just like individually arriving and heading towards where we think Groggery will be? Or are we, is this like smash cut? We're all standing together and like, we've all like seen each other with our, our, uh, our invitations in our hands. And we're like, okay, I guess it's the four of us. You haven't seen each other before. You, you don't know each other. Um, I would say, for those of you who have lived in the city before, you would know that um, Ion's Knowledge isn't one of the larger or well-known guilds, um, but due to the restrictive nature of adventuring licenses, um, yeah, it seems like the four of you have just taken up on this quest fairly quickly. So we, But we've all recognized that we're all on this quest together, or are we all kind of like individually, like, I look at my invitation, I'm going here, or I look around and go, these people are with me. No, yeah, I guess you're all arriving as individuals. Okay. All right, well, I, for one, stride towards these wagons, and I'm just uh, looking out for an orc who's got that groggery look. So you arrive nice and promptly. If you go straight to the area, you will see that there is a nice, thick, metal-rimmed uh, wagon standing by with uh, a large, uh, red-skinned orc standing beside it. I think that seeing, um, fuck, I already forget his name. Hugo? Hugo. Groggery? Not Groggery. I remember Groggery. <laughs> so seeing Hugo walking towards Groggery, I want to be there first. So I sort of like walk faster. <laughs> Speed walk alongside yeah. him. 
<laughs> and like wink at him as I like walk past him and speed walking <laughs> with flair, with flair to like step in front and introduce myself. Like, are you Groggery? Very loud and ridiculous. Groggery will look at you and um, say, hello, I am Groggery. Do you have your guild pass? I do. Which you yeah. do. Yes. You all receive. Uh, so I do. I and I like you. pull it out of my shirt and present it to him. So the, the guild pass you received is a um, it's a, a red cloth with um, the insignia of an eye on it. Oh. So it, it's known as the red ribbon of seer's sight. It is Ooh. the guild symbol for Ion's knowledge. Okay. And if you present that he does a slight bow, and um, he says, We will be leaving shortly once the rest of the group arrives. Please make yourself comfortable in the back of the cart, uh, if you I wish. I say, okay, but no need. I could do this on my own. And I walk to the back of the cart. Hmm. I'm going to say that, uh, oh God, Candace, what's your name again? Sorry. Thorn. Seeing Thorne's uh, bizarre speed walking, like I'm picturing Olympic style, like with the like a lot of hip movement that catches hips the up. eye. Um, like so Hal and Malcolm in the middle. Nips. <laughs> yeah. No nips, all hips. <laughs> Is that our tagline for this season? <laughs> Where did my nipples go? All hips, no nips. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, anyway, seeing the uh, the weird, fast-walking thorn catches my eye, and I will uh, mosey my way on over to see if this is the, the group that I'm supposed to be with. Castan, uh, while kind of standing nearby, not uh, wasn't, wasn't really um, ready to make the first move to introduce himself, but saw this kind of introduction take place and, and heard... Um, Groggery say yes you know I am Groggery he's going to walk over as well excellent um, so I guess you've all kind of started arriving outside of the cart now in a little group mm-hmm. well yeah except for Thorn who's already in the cart right <laughs> just already getting situated yeah. I've picked, like, um, so Groggery asked to see your passes and upon confirming them um, he's a man of little words indicates that you can hop into the back um, and unless there's anything left to prepare you'll be leaving quite shortly how how uh, how, how big is this cart yeah I'm wondering like how how ordinary or out of the ordinary is it for us to see a furbolg <laughs> oh. it's not um, it's I wouldn't say it's common they are few and far between um, but they have been sighted in the city before. Um, and I mean, if anyone has a knowledge check, maybe that's great enough. They might know about them, but, um, I'd say they're, they're a race that keeps more to themselves uh, on a general basis. I will also say, I mean, like I, I didn't really describe myself, but I am, um, about eight and a half feet tall <laughs> Whoa! and, Dear uh, God. you know, pushing, pushing 500 pounds. <laughs> That's why I asked how big it is. <laughs> oh. Well, you will be happy to know it's a very... So it's a thick metal rimmed wheels and short walled sides. 
It looks very stable. It's got a sun-stained canvas that's pulled um, against arching wooden ribs to provide shade. Um, when Grogory sees you approach, uh, I think he's going to have to roll back the tarp a little bit from the back <laughs> of the cart so that you can sit there. Okay. Otherwise, your head might go right through it. <laughs> All right. So before getting into the cart, I'm going to kind of look at uh, Hugo and Hella and just kind of gesture like my hand towards the cart and say, like, as if to say, you know, you first, please. <laughs> I'll sit at the back. I'm going to just remark, you're a big boy. You better not be slowing us down. Time is of the essence here. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Kasten pulls out a piece of paper and writes down the name Hella, and then just tucks it back in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, I don't think I told you my name. That was deliberate. <laughs> I heard, Didn't I hear you? Maybe I didn't hear you say it. <laughs> You might have, you might have. You <laughs> might sound the description of her instead. Yes. <laughs> I have a question for uh, Hugo. Yeah. Could you describe how you're currently dressed right now? Oh, sure. Um, you know, I have, um, I, ca- I come from some, you know, I come from pedigree, I think is the right word. Not the dog food, but the uh, stock. <laughs> um <laughs> I have I have fine clothes, like maybe a nice um, cloak that uh, covers my um, my f- uh, finely crafted scale mail. I have a, a signet ring. Um, you know, I, I have the look of someone who was uh, you know recently a student. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> you sound fancy AF. So. Yeah, Grogri is going to, well, he's going to roll back the tarp in the back a little bit and make sure there's space for the fur bulk and and finish preparing the horses to leave. But as he's doing that, a shabby looking man in a gray cloak with a patchwork umbrella comes up to Hugo and um, says, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir, can I have a moment of your time? Oh, God. Oh, oh, sure. Um, yes, uh, how, how can I help you? Please, sir, times have been very tough, and I, I, I'm not begging, but I would ask for you if you would be interested in a business venture. Kind of, um... Uh, I have m- lost all of my wares. Multi-level marketing thing is this guy going to pitch me on? <laughs> nothing like that sir i'm a humble trader and i have lost all my wares but i know of a place to gain many interesting items i'm afraid what i need from you is a small donation to make my venture out there think of it as an investment opportunity (laughs) (laughs) do you think all I ask is a humble 15 gold oh my God. so that I may f- complete my travels. Rest assured, I will give you excellent deals in the future. Deals on, on what sort of things? On, on the secret items I am soon to acquire. Oh, boy. <laughs> 15 gold, you know, that's like... The rest of you can hear this too. He's come up to Hugo by the cart. Um, hmm, hmm. Well, you know, when you're a Fitz monster, these sorts of things happen. 
Well, you're an easy mark. Look how fancy you're dressed. Come on. Who said that? Oh, you don't don't get up. Um, well, oh, you know what? You know what? I think Hugo would probably be a little bit uh, flippant with coin because he's uh, he's all he's all about um, status. I even have a scroll of pedigree. Uh, oh. <laughs> I don't know what that does. I, I guess I could read it out of Monster and see if it does something. But uh, <laughs> hmm. can I can I can I roll insight on this dude? Absolutely. Ooh, okay, I got a plus. Got a plus five on this. Plus so rolled, five on insight. Yeah, yeah. I rolled a fifteen, and I have a plus five, so that's a total of twenty. Math. Nice. Ooh, that's that's a very nice roll. Um, from your insight check, you can tell that he is being truthful. He he has um, supplies that he wishes to pick up, and he, he seems very forward that this investment is to allow for his travels. Um, but with your 20, I mean, he's still a, a creepy vendor in the shadiest part of town. <laughs> okay. So I, there's still something off, but he's not directly lying to you. Mm. Um, I guess I'll kind of like, just like lean in a bit and I'll be like, are you, are you being extorted? Are, are you safe? You, can you blink? Well, like wink at me slowly if, if you are, um, in danger. Uh, his eyes blink each one independently. Uh, That's I don't so know weird. how to interpret that. He's <laughs> <laughs> like a frog. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll reach into my pocket and get some coin. What's, can I, can I ask your name, kind sir? Oh, yes. My name is Shabble. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> yes, that is what everyone calls me. Shabble, the traveling salesman. Okay, Shabble, here's 15 gold. Do you know, do you know of the Fitzmonsters? Oh, yes, a noble family. Yes. That's who you're in business with. I just want you to know that, Shabble. 15, 15 oh, gold, and I will see you thank again. Thank you so much. You kind sir. Thank you. I will find you in the future and save my best wares for you. All right. I'm right. And Shabble Shabble's off. All right. <laughs> Tr- true to his name. <laughs> thank you very much. So, uh, from that little interaction, Groggery has enough time to finish the cart, and he signals to you all that you are ready to leave. When, uh, Hugo, when you get back in the cart, I just kind of look at you and, and sort of nod and just say, very, very kind, very kind. I just laugh and say, sucker. <laughs> it was nothing. All right. Well, you are all together. This has been a bit of a a rushed introduction. You're now all crammed into the back of a cart (laughs) together. What better way to make new friends? (laughs) Yeah, should we we actually introduce ourselves to each other? (laughs) I think the only name that I actually heard was probably Thorn, which was pretty announced. I guess I I just heard him, uh, Hugo, say that he's a Fitz monster. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so then I will I will kind of more more towards Hugo, I guess, sort of um 
introduce myself and say, uh, my name is Kastan. My fam my people call me Cass. Um, what's who who are the rest of you? I'm Hella. All right, awkward. We've met. <laughs> <laughs> she gave you her name. Ah, okay. I pull out a piece of paper. <laughs> I write the name Hella. I tuck it back in my pocket, and I'm just squinting at her the whole time. Is there something wrong with your eyes? I see clearly. Okay, great. But you don't see in the dark. <laughs> it's daytime, goddammit. <laughs> Uh, I am Hugo Fitzmonster of the Waterdeep Fitzmonsters. Uh, well met. I'm looking forward to having a smooth um, adventure and coming back with all of my appendages. Um, and uh, I hope the same for all of you, too. I'm a wizard, you know. A wizard? How very exciting. I'm a dwarf, in case Are we all just staring obvious. at Thorn right now? <laughs> I'm Thorn. Everyone's just staring at Thorn, <laughs> waiting for her to introduce herself. I'm Thorn. <laughs> Good introduction. <Okay. laughs> <laughs> so either way, you'll have time to chat with each other as things go on. The um, does anybody the cart gets sorry. To- does anybody seemed like seem um, sort of perturbed or curious to see a furbolg? Like they've never encountered or heard of one before? Or is everyone just cool? I am surprised by nothing. All right, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Although I think, I mean, I think the, uh, you know, probably probably our, our employers were not expecting to have such tall, um, you know, respondents. You can say girthy. He's very girthy. No, he said his... <laughs> <laughs> They're called furbolgs. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> All right. Well, that was, that was a cute little introduction there. You guys did a great Girthy job. is my middle name. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I really not. hope no one's picking us up at just this episode. It's not. <laughs> middle name. As as I understand it, um, there have been previous Furbolg sightings in Waterdeep in the past, so I'm only moderately alarmed. <laughs> so yes, the 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 cart gets to moving. It, it rumbles out of out through the city gate and onto the northern coastal road. Uh, it's a hot summer's day, so those of you in the shade of the canvas are doing all right, um, but. Uh, the fur bulk might be a little hot in the sun in the sunburnt noggin. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that Oakhurst, the the where you're traveling to, it is about a day's travel on the road. And since you're leaving early morning, um, most of the day is fairly smooth sailing. Um, if you would like to do anything in terms of any more introductions or talking along the way, you're free to do that. But otherwise, you make fairly good time north towards Oakhurst. 
I think if if anything, I would talk a bit more about my uh, my parents. Oh yes, uh, Esmeralda Fitzmonster and Fitzgerald Fitzmonster. Do you, does anyone um, know know about them? No, but I feel like we're about to. Oh, Unless yeah. somebody else actually does. Sorry. <laughs> They're wizards, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. After I think after after. Quiet. After boasting a bit, I would uh, use Mage Hand to just, like, put on my sleep mask and sort of, like, lean up against the side of the cart. Use Mage Hand to put on your sleep mask. (laughs) (laughs) I am a wizard. (laughs) He really wants people to know that he's a wizard. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably preface it with, you guys, check this out. (laughs) (laughs) So as the day moves on, um, the cart starts to slow down and pull to the side of the road and Groggery turns back and says some trouble ahead um everyone make a perception check first dice roll of the new campaign for perception 19 Mm. 17 I have a plus 5 total of 24 I'm very close I got a 7 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> does does Matt have advantage because he's basically out the sunroof? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just picturing like a hole cut in the top and just like your head poking out or something. It's gonna look like a cherry it's, tomato by the time we're done with this trip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a periscope. Well, luckily the sun has started to lower in the sky already, so oh, it's rounding it out. To you your know, it, it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's starting to set. It's it's low, close to the horizon. Do we go under any low footbridges or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> Every time we go under a bridge, you just hear thunk. Ow! So you're <laughs> gonna end this trip severely concussed. Yeah. Everyone except for Katie um, did hear some noises. It's it, what you hear is um, growls and the low kind of barks and the sound of chewing and with groggery pointing it out you can all lean out of the cart um, and as he comes to a stop uh, a little ways ahead on the road is a is a pack of three wolves um, Tim specifically with your very high roll um, also Matt in that you can tell that these wolves are quite um, emaciated like they look like they haven't eaten in quite a while and they're currently feasting on what looks like a, a male farmer is he gone? Grogri turns to you and says um, you guys can deal with this we need to I don't want them attacking the horses so scare them off or take care of them so when I said my scroll of pedigree wasn't dog food um, can I change that? <laughs> 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 so good. Uh, I immediately jump to my feet, and I'm like climbing up uh, Cass here to get out the hole and run across the caravan covered and jump in front of the actual place. I couldn't just exit out the back because you were in the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seeing seeing uh, Thorn take off like that, I'm going to also try and best maneuver myself out of the back of the the carriage cart whatever 
and try and kind of get around to the front. Can I ask, like, how does how does the farmer look? Dead. I just thought that maybe they started with the feet, and that maybe they they we'd still be able to save them. <laughs> Do you want to really live your life with no feet? I feel happy. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I'm already in front of the carriage. Everyone else? What are you doing? All right. So, you're you're going up forward, and Matt was following along yeah. there. What are, what are you doing, Candace? Waiting to see what happens. Like, I don't know. Everyone's you're waiting? Kinda... Okay, if you're just waiting. I'm not waiting. I'm going, but okay. I have to wait for other... everyone's coming, so I have to see everyone else's turn while I'm running. Right. I want to know what you're doing when you run up there running you're just running at the wolves yes <laughs> do you have like a weapon yes the wolves do you see you approach they snarl defensively the hairs on the back of their neck raise um you get the feeling that um <laughs> due to their thinness they they really want this meal if i see thorn like take a weapon out and start running at the wolves i'm gonna call to her and say like wait just just wait and i'm gonna run up and um i'm gonna start speaking to the wolves uh i'm gonna speak in druidic and i'm gonna say um please we mean you no harm take your take your kill and just move it away like take it away and leave us be I'm going to roll my eyes hard while exasperatingly holding my rapier down to the ground. Do you speak druidic? You have no idea. No, what I said. you just told me to stop. And you started speaking yeah. another language. I don't know if I speak so druidic. So I I have an ability called speech of beast and leaf, where it says I have the ability to communicate in a limited manner with beasts and plants. They can understand the meaning of my words. I have no ability to understand them in return, um, and I have advantage on charisma checks to influence them. All right. I mean, I do speak one other language that is undecided. I could have picked Druidic, so who knows? Did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> well. Stupid language. So I just go up and start talking to the wolves in Druidic. Well, in that case, with your fancy little ability of speech of beast and leaf, then you can make a charisma check to influence them. How would you like to influence them? Would you like to... Jeez, would it be persuade them or intimidate them? I guess it would... Well, I don't know. I am a friggin' half-giant, pretty much. But you're trying to be kind, But I'm right? trying to be yeah. kind, so I'm, I'm going to say persuasion. Okay, so you can make a persuasion check with advantage. Nat 20 on my first roll. Whoa. Oof. Okay. <laughs> the... <laughs> One of the three wolves, the, the larger of the three, walks in front of the kill and eyes you carefully. Um, the other two both clamp on. One grabs the man by his leg and the other grabs this man by his neck and starts dragging him back away from the road. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I just, I kind of bow my head in respect toward the wolf. Hugo assumes that uh, Cass told them that they were disrupting commerce by blocking the road. <laughs> uh, Thorn kisses her blade and says, soon you'll taste blood. No worry, my friend, and puts her back. And I was unaware of what was going on, I guess. I didn't. Uh... <laughs> I love that you were just like, what? <laughs> yes. What you in the you world would have been aware of everyone, like, acting yes, and stuff. Yes, yeah. But it's very I, I fitting I for your really character, too. <laughs> what was all that commotion? Just the Third. circle of so life. The wolves drag him away. Uh, 
<laughs> Gregory Gregory pulls back onto the road proper and says, "Okay, everyone, back on board." That was a interesting way to do with that. I hope his wife doesn't miss him. <laughs> and he cracks the reins and begins to move forward. So now you're all back on the road. <laughs> it's only a um, another few hours as the sun lowers in the sky before you pull off the main road onto a cobbled path and start to approach the town of Oakhurst. Okay, wait. So I just wanted, I just went out and talked to some wolves in a different language, and then they walked away, and nobody had any questions. <laughs> That's just, well, everyone just had a, accepted. a bit of a reaction. But... <laughs> everyone just accepted that. Okay, cool. All right. Gregory was like, so you didn't want to bring him back to his wife, or like? Well, let he said, I hope his, his wife doesn't miss him. <laughs> I didn't see a ring on the on the hand, so you know. <laughs> you didn't even get close enough to smell it. Did you see a ring, Thorn, a storm mounter? I never gave my last name. <laughs> you guys never got close enough to tell, to be honest. But I think if if uh, if Gregory did, yeah, made that comment, then I would have just said, um, his his relationship is of no consequence to me, and walked back to the carriage. Oh, damn. <clears throat> For all we know, his wife was one of those wolves. <laughs> <laughs> it is a magical, spooky world. Little lovers quarrel. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Matt. What's your character's name again? Cass. Yeah. Cass. You could call. I said that my my friends and family call me Cass. So right. if you call what, me, Cass, what does everyone else call my you? My friend. Okay. Cass, I would just be like, Cass. Can you like? Talk, talk to the horses and give them like a pep talk. See if they can, you know, go go a little bit faster. I can try. I call up to the horses. Yeah, as you do, Gregory goes, uh-uh, don't talk to my oh, horses. Oh. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Gregory's an interesting character. <laughs> but nonetheless, there's no need for speeding the horses. Um, though the sun is almost down, um, you begin to arrive on Oakhurst. Um as Gregory pulls up, he tells you, um, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do the voice of this. <laughs> Gregory informs you that <laughs> he'll, he'll be there to pick you up when your mission is complete and reminds you that um, summer solstice is in two days. This is the, the prime time for you to be able to find this apple. Um, from here on, and it's up to you to figure out how to proceed with this adventure and, and exactly where to go. Um, Oakhurst, as, as mentioned before, I think briefly, um, has been known to trade, um, to purchase these apples at times for their own citizens. And so it's likely you might be able to find out more information in the town. Um, but whenever you're ready or whenever you've accomplished your quest, he assures you that we'll, he will be there to pick you up and return you to Waterdeep. Um, so he pulls into town and drops you off in the town square beside an old well um, under the curious stairs of a few villagers. Okay, to, to my knowledge as Cass, would, would I know like this, this town of Oakhurst... Would they be familiar with Firbolg, or would I be like a really imposing 
presence for people to see? Mm, Oakhurst is a fairly well-established farming and small trade town. Um, so living in the outskirts, they may be somewhat familiar with Furbolgs, um, but this is a largely human settlement. So it's it's almost completely predominantly human. There there may be you know a dwarf or a half elf around, but you would guess that they'd probably be accepting, though it's probably not a common occurrence. Okay, so as we roll into this town center, then I'm gonna before getting out of the carriage, I'm gonna cast. Uh, I'm going to use Furbolg magic to cast disguise self, and just make myself significantly smaller, basically to look like the size of a human. So that I'm not so I don't stand out so much. I'm gonna do say, a double take. Could you Very not have done that a double sooner take? so we could have traveled faster? God almighty. <laughs> it doesn't make me less less dense as like a, a being. I don't Are think. Just it just makes me appear smaller. Oh okay. I'm not, right. I'm not transforming myself. It's just okay. disguise self. I just look smaller uh-huh. than I am. Alrighty. So, you all arrive in Oakhurst. It is, as I said, it's a it's a thriving farming village along the new road. Um, it's got a number of acres of farmland stretching out to the east, and the buildings are well-kept and sturdily built. The sun hangs low in the sky, and villagers are busy preparing lamps and torches to fend off the dark. The local blacksmith is still working his forge, open to the cool evening breeze, and the city watch is changing shift between the barracks and jail. The village hall sits proudly beside an old stone temple, but both are already shuttered tightly for the night. Finally, across the street sits a welcoming-looking building spilling warm firelight from an open front door, and a large hanging sign out front depicts a fat, grey-haired boar. And I will send you guys... A little map on on the Discord. Oh, on Discord. Well, because we're on the Discord, Ugh. I could put it on the chat too. I'll do both. Yeah, do that so I can look at it on my phone. And so I can save it on my phone to a D and D file. Oh, there's already a penis on the map. I didn't notice that one <laughs> from <God>. before. <laughs> well, I, I noticed oh, that it hadn't been done goodness. yet and needed to be done. <laughs> That's good. That was a surprise there. <laughs> I didn't see that either. I was like looking at you because you checked your phone. And I was like, oh, that's why you, it didn't show up as a notification. That's weird. Okay, so you all have the the map now. So as you can see, you were coming up the new road that runs from the south, and you've pulled up into that well in the center of town. As you came in, you were passing through the jail and the barracks seeing quite a few um, guards changing. Um, God damn it, Candace. Sorry. <laughs> There's already a dick on the, f- the new map. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> that was almost instant. I'm surprised I didn't watermark it with that in the first place. <laughs> it's more detailed. So the number mm. one, the old boar in, is like right at the start of the urethra. Is that significant in some way? <laughs> <laughs> Number one at the urethra? Is it a very, like, narrow opening um, to get into that? It may be. It may be. It also just looks like a penis. I guess. 
Wow. Okay. Depends how you look at it. <laughs> Anyways, we're all right. So back. sorry, we're coming up New Road, past the barracks. Yep. There is a shift change going on, so there's a number of guards. Um, maybe even a. I'd say it's noticeable, like how many armed guards there are for a, a farming village. But there, there are quite a few, and they're changing shifts. Um, number four, there. That's the blacksmith's building. So the left side of the building is like open air, and he's working away, doing whatever. Uh, three and five. Those are the village hall and uh, a temple. And since it's late at night and it's about to be dark. They're completely shuttered up and closed. In fact, you noticed some of the windows are boarded, and there's a big bar of wood that is um, sealing up the doors to the temple. The general store as well um, looks like it's locked up and closed already with all the windows shuttered, and it's only the old bore in that seems to remain um, open to the public. May I go up and talk to the blacksmith? Absolutely. Okay, just before you do that, is is Groggery still with us, or did he just drop us off? So he takes you up he to the center square at the well. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave you that little update of uh, do your job, and I'll pick you up when you're done. Yeah. And yeah, as soon as you're out of the cart, he's he's taken off. Just as you're like going to walk away, then uh, Hugo, um, Cass is going to be looking around and just, he's going to ask if, any of the rest of the party here has has been to this town before not i because i have not have any of us been here before tom (laughs) uh no not unless you really want to but i don't think any of you have been here before no my family aren't farmers we're um i don't know if you've heard but we're wizards um yeah, so I haven't been here before. <laughs> yes, sir, you've mentioned that multiple times now. You just, so you just walk over to the smith just saying your lines about being a wizard? <laughs> no, I'm a wizard. <laughs> so, I'm a wizard, you know. Um, just drops his last name. It's a, uh, yes, um, smithman, um, what's about to happen here? I have a sense of foreboding. I, I You know, I, I'm a wizard, you know, I have a sixth sense about these things. <laughs> yes, you know. <laughs> He's not going to be able to keep it together. You got it, Tom. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So as you approach the the smiths, you see a male dwarf working away at the forge. Um, He doesn't stop his work as you approach, um, but he turns and and looks at you and and greets you. Says, um, hello, my name is Rurik. You must be new to town. Uh, Sorry, what is it that you wanted from me? Uh, yes, Rurik, uh, well met. Um, just couldn't help but notice that uh, there seems to be an awful lot of security for a farming town. Just uh, hoping if you could enlighten uh, some, some new arrivals here um, as to, uh, you know, it's. I feel like some kind of impending occurrence is, is, is on the cusp of... Popping off, as they say. <laughs> R- Rurik laughs. <laughs>, laughs. Quite right, quite right. Uh, Rurik informs. <laughs> quite right, quite That's right. Rurik for you, man. Rurik is insane. <laughs> 
So <laughs> Rurik tells you, um, well, yes, we've lost a few villagers recently. It's, it seems like there's something up to no good once the sun goes down. In fact, it's been keeping me quite busy repairing armor and arms. Oh, lost villagers. Were they uh, married to wolves by chance? <laughs> married to wolves uh, you'd have to ask the temple about marriage but no not wolves it's something else we're, we're not quite sure i mean the, the the harvests are essential right now and so you know we used to work late into the day but uh lately people are in before sunset and many fires are lit um, you know, can't take too many precautions nowadays. The farmer and the wolves that we found, how, how far outside of Oakhurst was that? Um, yeah, a couple hours. Like you, you traveled all day. It was probably about a 10 hour trip. So it was probably maybe two hours back from town. I, it's, it's far enough out of town that you would. That you would, I would. You could guess that it was a fairly random event. And that the, the um, farmer that we came across wasn't necessarily a resident of Oakhurst? It would have been quite a distance for him to go from this farming village to where he was okay. found. All right. He's an ex-resident. So that's all he says, that people are... Yeah, so he's informed you that a, a couple people have either gone missing or have been found dead. And so um, the local guard is is active and people are informed to return before nightfall and light fires throughout the dark times or throughout the dark hours of the day. Otherwise known as the night. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call it. <laughs> Rick's, Rick's a weird fellow. He calls them the dark times, but you know. I like it. The not light times. <laughs> yeah. Assuming I can hear this conversation, I might jump in and ask... About the bodies that were found, what was the condition of them? Hmm. A bit of a morbid one, aren't you? <laughs> I think, I think he's, just hearing... hit, he's hitting on her. <laughs> Ooh, you're a freak, aren't you? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> just hearing him, like, laughing and talk about, like, talking about, like, gruesome stuff, I actually walk over to see him. Because before I was just kind of staying at the well, wondering what these people were doing. I was ready to walk somewhere else. I've already forgotten yeah. why we're here. This dwarf is just so entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> we all just get we walk back to Grogory. We're done. <laughs> so at this point, seeing a small crowd, he he puts his blacksmithing tools down and and walks out as uh, he sees a chance to tell some stories. So he says, "Well, if you are interested, it's quite a strange thing." We're used to the occasional animal attack or, or just, you know, the person going missing. But these people lately have died in strange ways. We don't know what's causing it. Uh, I can't really say more. If you're curious about the conditions of the bodies, uh, you probably best check with the temple. Hmm. Many. But it's closed because it's dark out. He <laughs> keeps pushing this temple. But it's closed. <laughs> I'm guessing maybe like that um, that tavern inn thing up the road might be a good place to go for the night, guys, and maybe get out of the streets if it, the dark is when all this death happens. Not that I'm scared. I could face it all on my own, but I'm worried about you guys. 
Oh, yes, yes. You can always go to the inn. Uh, Garen will take good care of you, and I'll be around tomorrow if you have any questions or need anything repaired. Did you say Garen? Yes, his name's Garen. Like Aaron, but with a G? Sure. <laughs> he said Garen, not Aaron. Once I heard someone call him G-A-Ron. Or, or like Gary with an N. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Garen, G-A-R-O-N. I like that he spelled it. Like Rurik, Rurik is the real right, magical so I'm just apple. Walk away and make my way. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I imagine that he's wearing sunglasses, even though it's nighttime. Is that accurate? <laughs> They're kind of like homemade sunglasses for the yeah, floor. Yeah. Keep the, you know, for the light like protection. A, like welding goggles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Right, I'm gonna just. Otherwise, he just wears an apron, no shirt. Keep encouraging you guys to go to the inn. <laughs> yeah. I okay. Mean, well, it's the only thing that's open, right? Yes. It also had a quote-unquote warm and inviting light. Mm-hmm. It did. It did that. <laughs> Wait, who are you quoting, Thorn? It's just the four of us here. All <laughs> <know>, right. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, that light looked warm and inviting. <laughs> Thorne's using air quotes when she says it. It looked warm and, and inviting. inviting. <laughs> I don't think that means what you think it means. All right, yeah, let's, uh, um, let's get in the inn. Okay. Cass, Cass thanks Rurik for, for oh, yes. information. He wishes you well, and um, uh, yeah, he says, yeah, no problem. If you're staying the night, you can speak to me Next day. All right. When the light returns. <laughs> Speak to me in the light times. <laughs> yes. So you guys are going to walk over to the, the inn? Yeah. As yes. we pass the, um, the temple, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a look in, if I can see, like, maybe between the cracks of the, the boards on the windows or whatever, or the shutters, see if I can see any, if there's a, a person in there. Do I, can I see anything? Should I make a check? Uh, you don't have to make a check on this one. It's it's very clearly secured. Um, if anything, it's quite easy to notice that uh, it's an unusual level of, you know, security for, for a village. Normally, it's kind of like don't lock your doors kind of rule in this mm-hmm. this type of place. But no, the, the temple is, is boarded up in dark um, along with the... Um, is that the the village hall beside it? Now, could could we assume that whatever cleric or or whoever kind of you know is the head of this temple here? Would we assume that they would normally live in the temple, like they would have a, a kind of a dormitory within the temple? Or that's quite possible, but there's no light coming from inside. All right, well, I'll just keep on towards the end then. So the inn is a, a stout building. It's got um, a stone foundation and wood walls and roof. Um, as I mentioned before, the sign out front is an old fat gray boar. Um, and there's talking. It's it's fairly, fairly populated uh, as you approach. You can hear many voices and low conversation and... Uh, you know, the sound of mugs and plates hitting tables. How big is the doorway? (laughs) Human-sized? All right, so even though I look human-sized, as I enter, I, like, duck down. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it looks really strange. Like this person who's five foot ten ducking down unnecessarily to get through the door. Mm, like a weird bow. Yeah. <laughs> Did I go in first? Who would, I guess. Is everyone else going in too? I go in last. I want to make sure you guys all got in. Ooh, I let, you're already protecting us. No. No. I just need you oh. to finish this. Finish this? Huh? The mission. Oh. And I thought I get was in a rush. <laughs> All right, well, I will, I will follow behind Cass. So as you enter, um, you know, there's a bar and doors to a kitchen on the left side of the room. There is, you know, six or seven tables um, set up in a, a kind of dining area on the, the right side. And there's a small staircase that goes upstairs to what you would assume would be um, rooms for rent. And as you enter, a... uh, Let me just check. Yep, a human on the other side of the bar waves at you and says, Hello! Um, What are you here for? Food, drink, or a place to stay? Yes. 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 Okay, then. Well, please, please take a seat. And he points off to one of the uh, empty tables. Yes, send your sommelier over right away. (laughs) Sommelier, sorry, I don't speak Elvish. (laughs) Oh, dear God. You're going to have a hard time reading anything during the campaign. (laughs) (laughs) We're still gonna give Tim a hard time. He's getting flashbacks. Jeez, wow! Yeah, that, PTSD. That 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 uh, is is clapping th- like interdimensional, like from one realm of existence, like through time. <laughs> In another dimension, Faye and Vanna and Gilladob are like looking around, going, "What happened?" <laughs> um. I just for the record, I'd like to keep my eye open for someone who looks like they might be like a cleric or an acolyte from the temple. Hmm. I was think I was okay. thinking the same thing. Are we sitting? Are these tables kind of like like classic hall type long long tables? Uh, they're actually a bunch of round tables oh, okay. with like cha- actual chairs mm-hmm. or stools or whatever. Yep. Um, and they're all mix-matched. Like if you went into like a country bar and it's all old used furniture. Sturdily built, but none of it quite matches in style. I would like, as they're looking for the cleric, I would like to be sort of looking, because of my history, I sort of feel like I would know this, uh, for somebody who might be able to lead us to where this these apples are, like someone that would maybe sell things or have information for me about the actual mission. Like, even though I know there's danger, I'm not sort of looking for that right now. I'm thinking, how can anyone in this place help me get to my goal? All right. So um, as you scan the room, um, points of interest is um, noticing, as you did when you were coming in, that there was a shift change. I'd say most of the people in the bar currently are are guards coming off of duty and having a, a drink for the night. People who stand out in the crowd, there is a single um, female gnome who is dressed quite priestly (laughs) 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 sitting alone and having a light meal. Um, There is one 
human that looks a little bit more well-dressed than the others. There is um, Garen, the keeper who's behind the bar and a number of uh, serving staff, um, one of which is a young female who is coming up to your table. Um, other than that, not too much else. And just to remind me again, it, this apple thing is a common thing in this area? Like, people use them and sell them? It's not like a secret that we're trying to get these? You were told that the, the guild that gave you the mission found a piece of lore that had, had informed them that this town has traded for these apples in the past. Mm-hmm. So, But they're not necessarily a common commonplace item. It's not a commonplace item, and it's especially uncommon because it's something that only happens during the times of solstice. Like the past is in, like, maybe the most recent solstice? Well, you're, you're coming up onto the summer solstice, but every summer and winter solstice, there would be potential for it. Not that they would have it every time, but... Okay, I would like to talk to the tavern owner. I don't know what you guys are going to do. Cass is going to pull up a chair to one of the tables and, and have a seat. Well, I guess we kind of did that and, and wait for the, the server who's going to come to our table. Mm-hmm. Is there like a... Can I see like a table... One or like a table or two that's full just of the like the guards who were just finished their their shift. Yeah, there's probably two or three tables that are made up of guards. They're you know they're talking like you would expect from people who have worked together for quite a while, just shooting the shit and drinking. And if I wanted to say buy like a round for for all of them, how much would that cost? That is a good question. Um, there is probably at least eleven of them currently in in the bar that you can see so let's start off with something you you guys have come you've found your table um you see this gorgeous what she she looks like she's almost like a half elf um long golden blonde hair and she starts walking over to your table and, and then turns to serve someone else and a short stout halfling uh brunette walks up and says Hi, can I take your order? <laughs> the old bait and switch, eh? <laughs> yeah, there's I that. I don't judge people based on how they look and how they're serving skills and people skills. I'm sure that this little person is just as great. So in my uh, giant furbolg voice, <laughs> I'll ask her how much it would cost to buy a round of drinks for the... <laughs> a round of drinks for the, uh, the guards. Hmm. Well, it's half a silver a pint. So math makes it. You're doing your own math. How many silver is a how many gold? How many silver makes one gold? Oh, jeez. Yes. Um. Some. How did you get money? I start with money. Yeah, everyone should start with money. You have money to start. Mm. Is it like ten silver is a gold or something? I think it's that. Jeez, I had a conversion. Oh, shit. Okay, so to buy a whole round, it's going to be, like, less than one gold, is what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah, ten ten silver and a gold. Okay, so I'm just... I'm going to ask the server to please buy... To please, you know, grab a pint for all the guards on me, and then I'll I'll kind of gesture to my comrades at the table and and, uh, offer to buy, buy a round. Excellent. So just drinks for you and then the city guard, then? Uh, 
I mean, that's all I'm gonna order. Anything to eat tonight? We have meat stew. Meat stew. <laughs> it's so specific. Yeah, <laughs> well. What what kind of meat? I think there's meat. two meats. <laughs> <laughs> two meat stew. <laughs> Can you elaborate? Uh, I don't know. You'd have to ask the chef. <laughs> Oh, God. This is only funnier by the fact that you are a chef. <laughs> that it's you, two meat stew. And that your character, that you were like, and this is meat stew. Tom, can you post, like, a, as, like, like, a bonus thing? Just, like, post a recipe for two meat stew? <laughs> yes. I will make a note yes. of that. Two meat stew. Noted. Um, yeah, Cass will also order a two-meat stew for himself. All right. <laughs> so this little halfling runs off, um, and she's she quickly brings out... It's quite extraordinary. Two large trays, one with your, you know, a couple bowls of stew and a couple pints, and the other one with 11 pints all carefully balanced on her tiny little shoulders. Wow. She's a uh, she places your order down delivers the other drinks to the table and they look at you with some looks of caution and curiosity but raise a glass nonetheless and you know give you a, a brief thanks i raise my glass in return and just kind of kind of a nod as as a as if to say you know thanks for your service i don't know whatever perfect can i go up and talk to the barkeep now or the person who owns the place absolutely right. um so is he is he obviously very busy, or is he just sort of in the back corner directing people as they come in? Nah, Garen hangs out by the bar. He lets the servers do most of the work, right. to be honest. So I'm going to walk up and be like, Garen, is that your name? Yes, indeed. Well, I am actually wondering if you can help me out. I am looking for the... What's it called again? Gold apple? <laughs> a gold Shiny level. apple, not quite gold. Apple. apple of stuff. What was it again? All I know is apple was mm. all that stuck with me. Special ass solstice <laughs> apple. Give me some of that good, good. That's what I want. <laughs> yes, that special ass solstice apple. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I take it your adventures then. I am. Fair enough. Indeed, we have seen some what you would call magical apples come through here. In the past, we have been able to purchase apples in order to heal special medical cases in the town. And where did you purchase them from? All right, I think you should make some rolls here because it's D and D, and that's what we do. Can I, can I ask a question just before you start doing some rolls? Um, <laughs> in terms of like how the hierarchy or, or whatever goes, so in Waterdeep, it's Prince Prince Horngard that's ill, right? That we're kind of doing this mission for. Um, yep. The further out towns like Oakhurst, places like that, are they kind of under the rule of that monarchy? Okay, so this is decent knowledge and, and fairly common knowledge. So, um, Waterdeep is ruled by um, a council called 
um, commonly known as the mass lords of Waterdeep. So the true ruling class of the city are unknown to the populace. They keep their faces hidden and they Deep rule um, in secret. Exactly. That's pretty, that's um, pretty badass, actually. <laughs> so they make up the lord's court, and that's kind of like top of the line. Okay. But otherwise, um, the city is has nobles and guilds. When it really comes down to it, a lot of the guilds are actually kind of higher in the hierarchy than the nobles, but there's many noble and royal families who have been around for quite some time and have a lot of pull. Um, after that, you would get, um, you know, the city watch, which is the police force, the city guards, which are more like the soldiers, and then lower from that, there are like magisters, which are in control of like the common courts. Um, in general, Waterdeep not only looks after the city, but also the surrounding waters and the farmland and local areas close to it. So they do have quite a lot of control and influence over the population um, on the north side of the continent. Okay. They're the only major city, like, up towards the north here in Faerun. Okay, so somebody, though, like like Prince Horngard, who's just from a royal family, this is that's more... The royal families are really more of a political thing, I guess, than anything, right? They don't really have specifically power. It's more of a stature or like a status thing. So it's they have a lot of influence on the city, but yeah. but you're right. So it's not you know, like they're they're still just looking citizens. outside the city to a farm a farm town like um, like Oakhurst. It's not like we can just say, "Oh, we're here on behalf of Prince Horngard," and everyone's going to be like, "Oh, of course, Prince Horngard, have whatever you need." Like it's that it's not going to have that kind no. of influence. Okay, that's yeah, that's what I wanted to know. The 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 guards and the soldiers might occasionally come up to these regions if there's an issue to deal with, um, as the city likes to keep its roads secure and safe and travel open for its own benefit. But um, yeah, it would it would have to be a real issue for them to be able to garner the attention of the city. Okay, back to me. Yes, sorry. Hmm. Had to have a classic Matt quick question. Yes, many of those already. <laughs> um, all right, so you want me to roll some dice? I'm assuming like a persuasion or... So yeah, you're asking Garen about information. He, he was willing to share like a little bit. What kind of check? Like you're going to have to pressure him to give up a little more here. Like if so I give him like some money and use that as persuasion? Absolutely. This might be a good time too. I found some really good advice when I was looking for uh, tips on this, and, and I'd like to use this, which is a general rule of um, intention and approach. So like if you want to do something, you can tell me what your intention is, which is like what it would look like for success or fail. Like, mm -hmm. you know, your intention is you want to get information. And then you would t and then you could say what your approach is. So like, how you would go about it, and then that's where we would get into, like, the mechanics of it. Okay. So, yes, my intention is I want information about where they purchased these apples from before, and mm -hmm. my approach would be to bribe him with money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then, um, persuasion is the check that you would do. Uh, 14. With a 14, um... Garen will tell you that, um, yes, not only have they purchased these apples in the past, 
but they buy them from goblins. Oh. Located. (laughs) (laughs) Down the old road is an ancient sunken castle. Down the old town road? Down the old town road. Can we take our horses? Um, Oh my god. Oh fuck. You can take horses, but the city folk don't go. And down that old town road is, yes, a sunken castle. And over the last, geez, you know, eight or ten years, on occasion, goblins will come out, and the town has successfully traded with them for these magical apples. What do they normally ask for in return? Gold. Gold. Classic. Classic. Is that what that song's about, Old Town Road? Is it about goblins? (laughs) It is now. (laughs) Well, I appreciate this information. It will help me greatly. No problem. And he takes your offering of how much gold? Of what? You you bribed him with gold? Yeah, with a gold. With a gold. Um, did, we agree? Did, did we agree on an amount? No, you didn't. But as you slide the single gold coin, he goes, mm, yeah, okay. Have a great night. I just Have said, a great night. Money. Does, does he say... Oh. <laughs> hey, I didn't order yeah, drinks. And that was your approach. I did not order and drinks. And you got oh mild God. success. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to make my way back. Now, what are you guys doing during that time? Yeah, flash flash over uh, to us. And after watching our little gnome... Is she a gnome, our server? Is that what you said? Uh, halfling was oh, her server. After watching her carry like 11 pints over to the table and drop it off, as well as bringing us all of our stuff, I was very impressed. And I, do, I don't know, is tipping customary in this world? I wouldn't say it's customary because most of the clients are farmers, but uh, I ain't going to stop you. So I'm just going to, whatever the cost was of all the drinks and stuff, I think it was less than one gold based on what you said. Yeah. I'm just going to give her one gold and, and kind of bow and say thank you. Oh, shit. Um, she looks over her shoulder kind of at her other employees and uh, quickly pockets the gold <laughs> and thanks you and gives you a, a really kind wink. Oh. Now that would be an interesting relationship. Oh my! Yeah, it's like eight foot tall guy and a half. Two ends of the spectrum. <laughs> she says, "Thank you very much, kind sir. My name is Mary. You can call on me anytime." <laughs> Cast blushes and takes a drink. <laughs> yeah. From now on, Mary regularly comes back to check on the table. Very, you know, professionally, but she's very attentive to your service and and checks Bet on you regularly. Is. Uh, can I make? Can I uh, talk to the the pr- priestly looking gnome? Oh darn! I was gonna do that too, so I'm gonna follow sure him. I think. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's go, yak breaker. So you both walk over, and um, yes, there is a a small female gnome sitting on a stool at the table, eating a bowl of two meat stew. Uh, her legs kind of dangle off the chair, and she kicks them back and forth with a. Uh, an easy spirit. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> Daw. <laughs> I feel like like Hugo and Hella are just kind of like looking at each other like, who's going to sit down first and start this conversation? 
Um, I guess I'll go up and I'll I'll sort of like ask if it's okay if um like I'll introduce introduce myself. I'm Hugo Fitzmonster. Um, this is my colleague Hella Yakbreaker. Uh, do you mind? Mu- <laughs> from the other uh, from the other table, Cass just calls. He's a wizard. <laughs> He's right. He's a I'm few a, pints uh, in now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wizard, you know. Um, is it? Do you mind if we just uh, pull up a, a stool here and, and take just one moment of your time, please? Sure thing. I'm always up for good company. Uh, okay. Um, she continues to eat her cool. stew. Uh, it looks like delicious two-meat stew. I have it on good authority that neither of them are human meat, which is always a plus. Uh, I'm not good at making conversation. <laughs> Whoa, that's two of us. <laughs> it should go real well. Um, you have the appearance of one who who frequents the temple. Are you a priest or perhaps an acolyte? I am, in fact, a priest of Pelor at the local temple across the road. Um, my name is Corky. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. <laughs> Corky, Corky. Well, uh, Corky, we've heard some distressing rumors about, uh, some villagers from, uh, uh, what is this place? Oxbridge? Oakhurst. That, uh, <laughs> that have tragically lost their lives, and, and we were just curious if you'd be able to shed some light on the circumstances surrounding that. Yes, in particular, I, I would like to know whether the bodies have been interred, might I examine them? What is their condition? I mean, luckily we've been able to bury most of the bodies. Um, you know, the few that have come up, but uh, as morbid as it is, there's one currently that I haven't quite set to burial yet. Wait, did you say that they've come up, like, out of Why the ground? Why would you be interested in this, though? <laughs> n- n- no, they were found out in a field two nights ago, and we haven't had service yet. Well, we couldn't help but notice the high level of security here, and we'd we're interested to understand more what's going on. I'm a researcher, you know. Oh, well, maybe you will be helpful. I would love to be an asset. If what? I can. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> Both of you, please sit. Please sit. Oh, thank you. So, Corky. In between bites of stew, is um, happily and ready to talk. Um, so, if you're asking about the body, so she will say, um, yes, a few villagers have gone missing or unfortunately showed up dead, and so there's been extra security at late. Uh, luckily, it seems to only happen at night, so as long as you're inside, you guys should be safe. The bodies don't look like they were eaten by animals. That was my first suspicion. Rather, they were kind of found with stab wounds on them, but, you know, not quite normal. They're they're round puncture holes all over them. Uh, It's very strange. Okay, so I'd ask her, do you have any suspicions of what might be causing this, or do you know of anyone who would possess that particular knowledge. 
She really doesn't. It's quite a curiosity. Um, but it is a consistent thing, as there's been a few people found with these um, needle-like wounds all over them. Hmm. But no one's seen any creatures that would be a likely culprit. Like, how many how many wounds are we talking about here? Oh, dozens of needle-like wounds all over the body. But this is all very morbid talk. Yes, please continue. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Corky will say that if you're very curious about the body, um, she would be happy to accompany you to inspect it the next day. But she's open in sharing that she can't help but notice that you're here right before solstice. And you all look like a ragtag bunch of kind of adventurers, and she suspects that you may be here for a reason. So she opens up and says, you know, are you guys here to investigate the magic apples? Indeed we are. (laughs) Tim is raising his hand like, what the fuck? Yeah, uh, yes. Um... There's no turning back now, yes? It's already out in the open, so mm, what are we going to do? I'd clarify that the intent, we're, we're trying to assist Prince Horngard. Ooh, a prince. Very noble of you. Oh, thank you. I'm being too charming. I need to be worse. <laughs> 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 well, I, wait, well, I will say, I mean, I hate to speak ill of a local family, but... The two children of the Hukril family uh, just went off a few weeks back with the ranger Caracas to investigate, um, thinking that these deaths may be coming from the sunken citadel. Um, but they have yet to return. That was the huge Krill family? Are they a family of whales? I think it's called a pod. <laughs> <laughs> no. So Talgan, yeah, Talgan and Sharwin Hucreli. So it's H-U-C-R-E-L-E. They were accompanied by one of her companions, Sir Bradford, another paladin of Pelor, and a ranger named Caracas. And she had just told you that the, these group of four had went off to visit the sunken citadel to try and investigate the deaths on their own. Sounds like a fool's errand. Is there a reason why they suspected that to be the area where these murders and disappearances are happening? Well, yes, it's a very old castle. The townspeople don't like to talk about it but we believe the goblins that have sold us the apples before in past seasons have taken it as their home. Why don't you like to talk about it? Hmm, it's bad juju. (laughs) 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 Hmm. And how long ago was it that um, Hugh Krill, uh, Talgan, Sherwin, and... And uh, Caracas and the Paladin, how long since they departed? Hmm. 
Must have been about two or three weeks ago. Oh, that's not good. We would have expected them back yeah, by now, so sure it's not dead. a good sign. If you want more information on that, the Huprelli <laughs> family is the one who run the general store. So you may be able to talk to their mother, Carowin, tomorrow. I'm sure if you guys are investigating this, she would be interested in the safe return of her children. <laughs> okay. <laughs> While you guys are having this conversation, I was just kind of at the table by myself because <laughs> you guys both left and uh, Thorn left to go talk to uh, Garen. So Cass is going to get up and, and walk over to the table of, of or the tables of the guards. Are the guards primarily humans in this town? Yes. Uh, almost everyone in this town is human. So kind of while that conversation is happening, like concurrently, I'm going to go over and just say like, you know, I, I wanted to say thank you for, for being the protectors. And um, I, I just want to like, I look like myself still, but just smaller. And I'm wondering if I'm getting like strange looks from them because I, you know, I don't look like a human. I have like off colored skin and, moss growing on me and stuff. I do have one question for you. What is your obsession with why ow, everyone is looking at you every time we go? How are they looking I'm at me? I'm curious because I'm not an, a commonly yeah, seen I creature, I think. Mm-hmm. And basically at this point, like I, I'm trying to... Um, I, I haven't seen a lot of uh, different creatures either because I've mainly been with my own kind. And so I'm like, I'm very fascinated and just kind of trying to interact with them. And I'm just, I, I want to know if they're put off by me. That's more what it is. I'd say your your impression is that you stand out as a group. You're, you're all outsiders to this town. And it's very clear that you're showing up at a kind of opportune time. Um, but you wouldn't necessarily get a feeling that you're getting any more looks than the rest of your party. But does it seem like they're being cold as the result of, of like, us showing up at this time? Not of that. The guards just, just stick to themselves in general. Okay. So I just kind of make my pleasantries and then I guess go back to the table. And eat my stew. My two-meat stew. All right, Tim and Katie, do you want to do anything to finish up your conversation with Corky? Uh, yeah, I'd like to, uh, set, uh, like, make some firm plans to, uh, to see these bodies, and, um, uh, <laughs> I guess I should have said that with a different tone. Um, oh well. Not for sexual purposes, not for sexual purposes. Just seeing, not touching. Well, I mean, sure, sure, sure. there's a whole lot of brand new orifices, it sounds oh, like, but, geez. uh, uh, so... <laughs> Several dozen. No. <laughs> um, I would just like thank her for her uh, candor and speaking with outsiders, and I would try to like uh, almost like to conceal it from Hella, but like I would like show her like display my holy symbol. Oh yeah, that's what you call it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. My holy symbol like okay. hangs hangs um, around my neck. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 
seeing that you are one of the devout, she she says she leans closer and she says, "Yes, please. Uh, I'll be happy to show you if you meet with me at the temple tomorrow." Um, but I would ask of you, if you're investigating this, if at all possible, please bring Sir Bradford back. He was a loyal colleague, and I, I fear for him. Sir Bradford was the paladin? Yes, he was a paladin of Pelor. He he worked at the temple with Corky. All right. Well, if Sir Bradford, if there is, if there is air in Sir Bradford's lungs, I'll drag his body back in whatever form it's in. That doesn't sound as heroic as I meant it to, but... Uh... Still, it, it would allow me to give him a proper burial, and I'll, I'll happily cooperate with you and provide anything I can if you would do this service okay. for me. Indeed, so if, if, if we see Bradford's body being eaten by wolves, we should try to get it. Yes, I was going to say, if there, even if there are no, even if there's no air in his lungs and he is turned into a pile of mush at that point, I will slop his body back. <laughs> slop into your bag. It's like... Yeah, I have a water Corky skin. Corky like places the spoon back in her bowl of two meat stew and slides it away from herself after the mention of slop and body. I wonder how much it is to buy a wheelbarrow. <laughs> oh how, much, how much bag space do you need for a slop of body? Oh, <laughs> well, there's still the bones. There's still the bones. Oh my god. <laughs> Gonna need to gonna need to find us a portable hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Jesus. Bo- bones full of delicious marrow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she does not want our help anymore. Oh god. <laughs> It's it's too meat stew, but they don't tell you that it's got the marrow of many people. Oh, God, why? Got, got, no one talked about the broth. <laughs> no one talked about the broth. <laughs> it's got the marrow of the bravest paladins. <laughs> oh my God. Oh God, why? Uh, That's really why she wants the body back. <laughs> okay, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's as I think that's as far as we want to take the conversation. Yes, agreed. Even though I very so you can catch back up. I'm not good in social situations. Even I can see this one is turned. So yeah, you've 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 talked to Garen, the innkeeper, and found out a little bit about the situation. And uh, Corky is willing to to give you some more in depth, uh, you know, investigation tomorrow. Uh, you have been informed about the Hucrelli family, as the the mother owns the local merchant shop. And, uh, yeah, the tavern patrons continue to eat and drink through the night. Is there anything else you would like to do before retiring? I guess I would relay the information that I was told, and maybe you guys would do the same? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we understand that the sunken castle is pretty much where we want to be at? Yep. We have a body to slop, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But more importantly, a shiny apple something or other. Mm, Indeed, never going to get it right. The apple. 
But maybe the corpse of Sir Bradford was the magic apple all along. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good idea. Mm. Aside from Tim talking about he's a wizard, he's just going to keep doing that with all plot points. (laughs) Because before, (laughs) the guy, the blacksmith, was the apple all along. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's a tree. There can be more than one. All right. Is there anyone else you wish to speak to or anything else you want to do in the tavern here? Yeah, not not for me. I'm ready to retire. Yeah, ready ready to retire. All right. So, um, yeah, you finish your meals and your drinks. Um, Mary, the halfling server, comes over and informs you that your rooms are ready. Um, she apologizes to... Um, what is it? Cass? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm so sorry, but um, we only have two rooms available, so y- you guys will have to sort out sharing the rooms between yourselves. That's quite all right. Thank you very much for your uh... kindness. Kindness? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Hospitality? That's the better word. Hospitality. Perfect. All right, so she tells you that it's it's upstairs and it's the last two rooms at the end of the hallway. Okay, so as we're on our way up, I guess we're saying like, so... Wait. I immediately walk up, take one, and then close the door and lock it. <gasps> <laughs> you bitch! I didn't give you a key. <laughs> you didn't need to. Um, wait, did, did the rooms have multiple, like, two beds each? Each room has two beds and a large uh, chest sitting in between the two beds. They are very simple. Um, They are stuffed beds, a little lumpy. Um, But the chest that lays in between them is is quite secure for your valuables throughout the night. Um, There is a lock on the door. Um, It's pretty, just like a basic wooden latch. Mm, And how difficult would that be to pick? Or bust through? (laughs) Wait, hold on. It's a wooden latch. <laughs> so wait, I will did jimmy you, the did, lock. Did Thorn oh, actually yeah. just go take her own room? I would. I, I pickpock the key off of you, if that's what you were giving it. And I I guess she did hand. I mean, there's no actual keys to go. the door. They just lock from oh, the inside. I've gone in and I've locked the <laughs> yeah. door. So you ran in and locked it from the inside. Yep. Fucking bitch. <laughs> I didn't know it would be a uh, situation for you guys to work out your rooms, but all right. As I'm trying so to work out I, the rooms, yeah. she just runs in and locks it. I'm going to look like the three of us look at each other like, which one of us wants to handle this? I will. I, I'm also modest. I'm not, I don't know these men. I'm going to point to your, I'm going to point to your battle axe and say, oh, look, you've got a key of your own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I will try the uh, polite way of trying to, you know, pick the lock, Jimmy the lock, what have you, and uh, I don't want to say threaten, All but right. threaten. So you, I suppose. you you wanna you wanna open this door here? That's what you're trying to achieve Indeed. is opening the door. Yes. All right. So how do you want to go about opening the door? Do you want to do it in a way that would damage the door, or not damage the door, or? Like a high finesse kind of way to do it. Ideally, I'd like to not damage the door, but if it comes down to it, I will. All right. 
So first, make a quick perception check. Ooh, 20, but not a natural 20. All right, that's plenty. Um, so you can tell that, you know, the, the doors are decently fit, but there's a fair size gap and you can see the wooden latch that that hangs down to close the door. Uh, you would figure that if you had a, a small blade, like a, a dagger or a shiv, that you could probably just lift the latch up from the outside. Uh, well, I seem to have a crowbar. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you could try and use the crowbar. Um, make a strength check. 16. 16? Yes. All right. You, um, you know, wedge the crowbar in the little gap between the door. And uh, as soon as you put any pressure against it, the wooden latch cracks and the door opens up. The The latch is now broken, though. Just just so you're aware. Mm. Uh, the fuck? I I'll say to Thorn, very sar- dripping with sarcasm. Oh, I think you forgot to leave the door unlocked for me, but uh, happy to be sharing a room with you. Gah. So now when you close the door to the room, it doesn't close, close quite fully. <laughs> it like hangs open just a little bit. I'm going to take my dagger and shove it into where the lock used to be. All right, you jam it closed. Anyways, moving on. All right, look, it looks like it's me and you, big guy. Just a heads up, I sleep in the nude. <laughs> As do I. <laughs> no. Imagine the size of it's that. The new romance that we need. <laughs> this is the new romance that we need. <laughs> we share right. a room. So we share I, a room and it's fine. I think I can say that you all comfortably secure your rooms <laughs> and and... Go to bunk for the night. <laughs> Didn't expect that to um, be a ten minute thing, did you? <laughs> <laughs> you never know how things will go. Uh, for Cass, I will say that the beds are human size, uh-huh. and so you might wake up with a stiff neck. Yeah, my legs. I'm just like my legs Sitting. at the knees are just hanging off the end of the bed. <laughs> yeah. All right. You all bunk down. This is probably the perfect time to finish off for tonight. Um, And we'll pick back up tomorrow with uh, Sun on the Town, the ability to talk to a few of the new people you have just met, and um, a potential for adventure. The dark times. See those bodies. (laughs) Are you ready for the light times? (laughs) Are you ready for the light times? (laughs) Get ready! For the light times. <laughs> oh my god! I've well, missed good. this. Yeah, this yeah. is fun. <laughs>